Hello, friends and church leaders. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Becky Holton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Carrie Holton. Just Hi, babe. looking across the table at you, you're starting to look like the guy I dated many years ago. <laughs> well, your hair is curling kind of down around your little earphone things. You know, it has been so long. Since, <laughs> because of this pandemic, it's been so long since I had an official haircut. Now, let's see. Jan, uh, it's, Don't do it. It's been about four months since I've had a haircut. We're going to have to get a weed whacker after you. I know it. I've uh, offered to cut it now. Well, you can cut it, but I, I like to go to Jasper. Well, I know we value our marriage and our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Jasper, he's been cutting my hair for, he's he's probably over 80 years old. He, he's in this old-fashioned barbershop. He's been cutting my hair for several years now. And it's like an Andy Griffith place, the I'm, barbershop I'm trying there. to wait until our governor opens up this state a little bit more so that I can return to Jasper. We may need to do a little ponytail for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, well, to, have- trying to grow a mullet. <laughs> No, that's not. <laughs> I will be getting the weed whacker after you. But tell me, you have a really special relationship with Jasper because I know you drive a ways to go see him. It's not just the straight edge razor that he uses on my neck. No, it's the conversation. Really? Jasper loves to talk about scripture. I, one of the recent visits I had in Jasper's barbershop, it was stacked up. It's just a one chair barbershop. And I'm I'm reading a book there, some kind of a spiritual related book, and one of the other customers notices what I'm reading. He starts asking me about it. For thirty minutes, as we both wait on the chair to reopen for us to get our hair cut, we talk about Bible and spiritual things. So, mm. and the whole the all the people in the barbershop are listening to this. By the way, I suppose I, I can't help but hear it. Anyway, when I got in the chair after when it was my turn. Jasper looked at me and said, thank you much for that great Bible lesson that you gave us. <laughs> he, I think he's Catholic. Mm-hmm. He loves scripture. He loves to talk about spiritual things. And so I just enjoy the relationship mm-hmm. that we have with him. And, and by the way, I want to say to our listeners, there are people out there yes. who are interested in talking about God and spiritual things and scripture we sometimes just have to be the first ones to offer that statement that mm-hmm. begins the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another. That's a topic for another day. I it know, really but. is because I know when we lived in Chicago, the Lord taught us many things about how to begin those conversations yes. and relationships with people that had um, a focus about Jesus in them, not as an intention to manipulate the relationship with any way, but that was really important and. And, and that's really kind of the direction that we're, we're going. Um, you mean my Jasper, my, my illustration, today. I'm sorry to talk over you. That's okay. You mean my Jasper illustration does relate to what we're talking about a little bit, huh? I, I, I think if we rein it back in a little bit, we're going to have something that we can chew on okay. for a little bit. Because, you know, in recent podcasts, we have discussed a lot of potential opportunities for churches that have been created by this coronavirus pandemic. And in this episode, we want to talk about a fifth opportunity that's related to your friend Jasper. Uh, But before we do that, could you give us just a quick review? It feels like in the pandemic, I'm needing more reviews than ever. I have a little mushy brain going on. (laughs) Well, sure. You know, we've suggested four opportunities. Yes. The opportunity to pay greater attention to the church's digital presence. Number two, 
to reset the church's mission, vision, and strategy. Number three, to simplify ministry strategy and prune programs and activities that do not move the needle toward accomplishing the church's mission. And number four, to focus again on the church's local community. Thank you. I think that's really helpful to kind of put all that back into perspective as we think about the opportunities that this pandemic is affording the church. So what opportunity do we want to talk about today? Well, hon, today we want to talk about the opportunity to build relationships, to connect with others. Really, we're going to talk about the opportunity to connect people to each other, to consider relationship-building opportunities in the church. Boy, I see the value of this. Uh, since most of us have been isolated from one another, I'm really seeing the importance of this conversation because we haven't been able to meet in person with our Christian friends in a long time. No hugs, no handshakes. Uh, you know, I miss my friends and my family a lot because you know me, I like people. Yes, I do. And, you know, you've been stuck in this house with me. I guess you're getting weary of seeing the same old face every day, right? <laughs> no, I like your face, <laughs> but I won't talk about your hair. But I am thinking <laughs> that in this pandemic environment, people will more than ever feel really intensely the need for friendship. You know, we just weren't made to live in isolation from each other because people don't want to be alone and it's not good for them to be alone because that's part of our DNA. It's not good for them to be alone. You know, that reminds me of a scripture, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, right? Where God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I think that's the very first time in the text that God calls something not good, a human being alone. That's fascinating. And by the way, we were meant to live in community. And I believe, have you thought about this? I believe that community is and was modeled after the community that God had in the beginning. Have you thought that there was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? They were living in community from the very beginning of time. So they are modeling community for the rest of us. That's a really beautiful picture. Anyway, this pandemic has created a challenge for church leaders, I think, if not an opportunity, and that is to help people connect relationally. People who need each other, and people who have been isolated and separated from each other. You know, this goal is something church leaders should consider, whether during a pandemic or not. Because even before this pandemic, I'm sure there were people um, in our churches who felt very isolated, all alone and without a friend to lean on. Because, And we've talked before how easy it is to slip through the cracks. But I can see that post-pandemic, people will be craving friendships and close relationships with others, and that is vital for church leaders to consider. I think you're right, hon. And as you say, this may be something that a lot of churches have tended to ignore in the past. You know, perhaps we have focused more on the larger gatherings, and we've paid precious little attention to helping people connect with other people. Well, you know, as we have said, the Christian life is meant to be lived in the presence of others in community because we truly are witnesses of each other's lives. So what are our churches doing or what can they do to encourage the building of community or close relationships? What can church leaders do to help people connect to others. Oh, that's what we want to talk about. Yeah, that's, I think, our focus today. You know, 
I've heard people say that these things tend to happen organically. Uh, you put people together and eventually people will make friends and develop relationships. Well, I think church leaders should be more proactive about this. I think they should really give thought to how they might encourage the kind of connections that we're talking about today and not just not just expect it to happen organically. Well, I couldn't agree more. I, I think this organic perspective, in my opinion, uh, only takes a few personality types into consideration. There's a really interesting book out. Uh, it's been out for a couple of years, and it's called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. Isn't that a great title? Yes. And it, this book... Um, has an interesting perspective how socially and a lot of our societies, governments, business, and churches are built around extroverts and the characteristic of extroversion. And um, I, I, if we take that into perspective, and we know that there are many personality types, and we overlay that on this spinning it out to let things happen organically, you know, uh, just get people to come and they're going to build relationships. I, th- I think we're only considering just part of our group of people and not the whole group of people that shepherds are, 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 are caring for. So the organic comment uh, has some relevancy, I believe, but only for certain, per- certain parts of our church community, in my opinion. I think you're right about that. I think if we tend to leave things up to organic development, then a lot of people will fall through the cracks. I think we need a system that really allows everyone to relate to others, to connect to others, to find those close personal relationships that will help them to grow in Christ. Right. And just for clarification, we are not talking about how to manipulate or strategize relationships. We're talking about opportunity. Right. Right. We cannot require people to connect, but it is incumbent upon church leaders to consider the different types of people that are attending and to give all of those types of people comfortable ways to have the opportunities to connect with others. I like that. And let me say this, too. Uh, Let's not jump to scheduling just another event. Absolutely. When we think about trying to help people connect to others, uh, this is, I think this is something we tend to do by default. Well, let's just schedule another church event. Let's, let's add another event to the calendar. I think what we really ought to do here is to just give some thought to how our brothers and sisters might connect with each other. It might involve an event that the church plans, but it might not. You know, come to think of it, this may be a metric that we don't usually track in our churches, the metric of people who are connecting with others. We tend to uh, to track attendance on Sunday morning, but instead of tracking attendance at an event such as Sunday worship, I wonder if we could figure out a way to track engagement. I like that. And, and even with online worship, we tend to track how many are viewing and how long they may be online viewing, but are they engaging? Are they connecting with others? How are we tracking that? Right. I, I think too. I think too that we need to remember that the win is making and growing disciples. The win is not just having a higher number of people in the Sunday assembly, either in person or online. The win is making and growing disciples, which means we need to be tracking 
how we are connecting with each other, how we are building those relationships mm-hmm. that help us to grow as disciples of Jesus. Right. Because churches, as churches, we just cannot forget that the mission is to make disciples. Since disciple making does not occur in a vacuum, we really need to be giving serious thought to how we might encourage connections and how we might track whether or not our brothers and sisters have others in their circle of friendship, uh, meaning not just friends that they can meet for coffee, but people who are helping them to grow in Christ. You know, we could talk about the many one another passages in the New Testament right now and how important it is to cultivate those one another relationships. I think that would fit in here if we had more time. Absolutely. But um, let's start to wrap this up. And let me ask if you have any other final thoughts, because we all know you do. No, not today. What? Are you okay? Are you running a fever? Let me check. <laughs> Just kidding. I you, do have final thoughts. Oh, goodness. I thought you had hair growing in your ear. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> well, I just want to say again, what a wonderful opportunity this is for church leaders to hit the reset button, to focus on their priorities, to examine what those priorities are, and then to ask how well the church is doing and giving attention to those priorities. And surely, one of those priorities is helping people connect with each other. Most churches probably need a system in place to help people get to know a few others and then build closer relationships with just a few. Because, you know, this this is really where church happens. It's where we engage each other in the school of Christ, where we learn how to love each other. And that happens in small groups. That happens in relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of what we're talking about, this organic, that is where that can happen there. As life unfolds, um, we begin to help each other draw closer to Christ, walk closer with him um, in those events that we can't plan that are coming and, and just help each other be more like Christ. Right. Well, very good. I've appreciated this conversation. And on this note, we will sign off until next week. So friends, we really um, hope you will join us again next week for the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively and help your church thrive. 